This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Shortly after moving from Montana to the Chicago area, my family returned to Montana for my daughter's wedding. We had one free day, and so my two sons and my wife and I drove from Bozeman, where the wedding was going to be, to Yellowstone National Park. Now, no day in Yellowstone National Park is complete without a bit of fly fishing. So my wife graciously consented to let the guys fish for a couple of hours while she read or took a walk or, or watched people. She likes to do that. So we booked it down the trail at Tower Fall and fished the Yellowstone just around the bend. Uh, we had some terrific hopper fishing that day, and that was the problem. So, uh, <laughs> and therein yeah, lies the that's problem. That's right. So two <laughs> hours turned to two and a half hours, maybe even three hours, and then there's another 20 minutes running back up the trail of the vehicle. You can't run yeah. up that trail. I mean, no, that's impossible. I know. It really is. <laughs> I think I had my sons do that, so they would get there first. And uh, well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. your anxiety. Thankfully, Priscilla, my wife, was a good sport about it. Uh, she just shook her head and said, "Fishing time, huh?" I mean, she <laughs> she knows. Uh, well, that day has made me think about fly fishing and vacation. I wonder if they mix. Do fly fishing and vacation mix? Well. Uh, we have some thoughts about how you might try to mix the two, or, or maybe not. Uh, Dave, I'm curious, have you ever had a situation like that? Have you tried to mix the two? I have, and, and it's not gone well, <laughs> right? Yeah. In fact, the one I'm thinking about was when I went to Montana back in 2004, and we went to Rapid City, South Dakota, and then up through Billings, and I actually stayed with you. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you and I fished Highlight Reservoir. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my... Yeah, right. it and just never works out. Kids with well. our spouses. <laughs> yes. yes, I had three oh, kids man. at the time. Oh my! And they were all under ten. <laughs> so anyway, so no, yes. I, I've not done this well. I'm not yeah. sure I'm the person to be talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Neither of us. We're we're both hypocrites. We're, uh, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, two hypocrites in a river today. It <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. But despite our hypocritical side, we're going to make some suggestions about how you might try to make the two mix. Now, whether these are field tested or not, we're not going to say. <laughs> because they haven't worked for us. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe we've never even tried them. But no, seriously, here are some thoughts that we've learned kind of the hard way. I think we need to begin by just defining family. I mean, there's so many yeah, that's a good point. types of family yep. vacations. It might be just you and a spouse or a partner. You know, that's one kind of family. And if it's just you and your 12-year-old daughter, that's another kind of family or another kind of trip. If it's you, your spouse, and your newborn, that's a whole other type of trip. Um, if you have three kids like I did and they were all under 10, that's a whole nother trip and, and it creates all these different complications. So I realize this is obvious, but we need to say it that, you know, it depends on the family and depends on, you know, the constellation of the family yeah. and the makeup of the family. So, so let's begin with the first point. So I think we begin with be realistic. This is a family vacation and not a fly fishing trip. <laughs> so I have a friend who's not Steve and 
I remember a trip that he was on, and he told me about this, and I think he was pretty unreflective. But he and that's took, why you had to say it's not Steve. Yeah, it's it, not as Steve. As soon as you said very unreflective, people would think, oh, he's <laughs> talking about Steve, yeah. But he acted as yeah. if the trip was a vacation to the West, right? So even though the family thought they were going to see Yellowstone and Glacier, what the trip really was, what, it was a fly fishing trip. So his wife and two kids oh, wow. pretty much had to, had to do all the scenic things alone oh, while great. he did the fly fishing trip. Now, oh, wow. I think his marriage survived it, but boy, she was not happy. She, and oh, I don't I'm blame sure. her, man. I would have been totally ripped. Because she, you know, she was in the at the camp. Man. They, were, they were camping too. Oh my so goodness! It was wow. horrible. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I think I think there are a lot of variables that you need to consider as you think about this, and certainly one is is the personality of your spouse or partner or whoever the person is that's going with you. I, I mean, I have to tell you, I I'm like been very lucky. There's very few times I've I've made Jana really really mad. Now there's a few occasions, but. I haven't, it's partly because she just, she gets it, right? And so she figures out other things to do. So I'm really yeah. not a good one. I violated <laughs> and pushed the edge of the envelope, but she is so generous. So I think it depends on your spouse or your partner. So if you have someone who simply isn't all that enthused about your fly fishing during other parts of the year, and you try to bring that into a family vacation. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a good... It's not going to work. Yeah, it's just not going to work I don't yet. think it's going to work. You, you can't fight it. I don't it. think you can no, fight it. No, no absolutely so Either not. you have a spouse who's okay with it or a partner who's okay with it, or you don't. It's kind of a binary, yeah, right? Absolutely. And to be honest with you, it's not really helpful to hear about all those st stories of, of, of spouses who are just so wonderful with you fly fishing during a family vacation, yep. right? That's true. It's just not all that helpful. No. So be realistic. Uh, this is a family vacation, not a fly fishing trip. Here's another uh, tip that we would suggest, and that is negotiate how much you plan to fish before you take the trip. Absolutely. And I guess that's a crisp conversation between you and your spouse and, and your older kids. And maybe you have to say, well, I'd, I'd like to fish one afternoon, three or four hours, and then one evening from seven to dusk. And I won't be back until the kids are in bed. Is, is that okay? And by the way, here's a gift card to Target. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think what that allows is for planning. Yeah. And, and it creates and sets the right expectations. I know this seems patently obvious, but I do think you should negotiate how much you're going to fly fish before the trip. It goes into your planning. And you, Steve, are the ultimate planner, so um, that probably resonates with you. I am a planner, but often there's a lot of stuff that's done on the fly, and that just yeah. does not work for a family vacation. Yeah, that's true. So let's suppose, Dave, that uh, we've negotiated that we're going to go on a family vacation, and there's going to be some limited fly fishing involved. <laughs> uh, what would you say next? I do think you need to choose a tourist town with, with stuff to do that your family likes to do. Again, some of these points seem so patently obvious, but mm -hmm. I, 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 think if you're, I think it's harder. For example, if you're fishing Yellowstone National Park and you're at the north entrance, there's not a lot to do on the Gardner. Right. In yeah, the Gardner area. Gardner, right. and you could float, now, they might float the Yellowstone yeah. mm -hmm. while you're out fly fishing. Right. So there's that. 
Yeah. Like, there's not a lot to do in Gardner, No, there's Montana. a couple shops. So after about three hours in the morning, okay, that's that's you're done. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, that's it. There's yep. just not a lot to do. Yep. So I think you need to choose a town yeah. nearby. So if you're gonna fly fish, say okay. We're in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, or, or even West Yellowstone. I mean, just to compare the two, they're both right outside the park. But West Yellowstone has uh, just tons of, of fun stores. I mean, my, my family still loves to go to the candy shop. And, and uh, there's the, the Grizzly Bear Discovery Center. And there's a Playmill Theater. It's really cool. They've got these young actors, college students that come in and, and they do some fantastic stuff. And we, we used to drive up there with friends, not fly fishing, but just to go up at night to go to that. So uh, yeah, there, there's two tourist towns that uh, are gonna look about the same size, but, but one has a lot of family fun stuff and the other uh, not as much. Now, yeah, you were, you were talking about a place like Bozeman. So now we're getting into some bigger population centers that have a lot of stuff. Right, and there's the classic Target and Costco. And I don't mean to imply that your spouse wants to shop. I'm not no, saying that. No, no, we're just thinking about an our But you could do case. float trips, have, like yeah. you could float the Madison in the summer. Um, I know if you go to... And museums there yeah, as well. Yeah, or to Teton, yeah. there's all these mm -hmm. different... Yeah, I got Trolleys that you can right, take. Jackson, and, Wyoming, yeah. And there's these stuff. alpine slides. So there's all these different things you can mm -hmm, do. Yep. So I, got, I have to tell you this story. So on my honeymoon, <laughs> we went from Denver. We were living in Denver, and we went. We flew into Boston. And so we went to upstate New York for our honeymoon. So we had the chance to go to Hawaii in the summer or go to the East Coast uh, in, in the – or to go to the East Coast. And so we chose to go east, actually, because we didn't want to go to – Go to Hawaii in the summertime. So, we 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 drove to this little cabin in upstate New York, and I did not fish. Now I wanted to because we actually went to Lake Placid. So there was all these wow, wonderful yeah. streams up there in the Adirondacks. So I was really happy with myself. I didn't fish, but I did bring a project along. So <laughs> I had this. I had to write this book review for a magazine. You know, I was just getting started in my writing, and so. And I didn't feel like I could take a week off, so I spent I, I spent part of my honeymoon working on this review. Oh my goodness! Asking Jen, hey, what do you think of this? Do you think this really really sounds good? Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> Fortunately, she forgave me, yes. kind of, because oh, she still it brings it up. Sounds fine. So it wasn't yes. fly fishing; it was actually work, <laughs> which oh, kind of guess basically shows my character. But anyway. well, I know. See, if you would have said I, I did some fly fishing on my honeymoon, I would have thought even higher of you but since you said work it's like come on what is that i think uh, the point there is is choosing a tourist yeah. town with stuff to do for your family yeah. it's not just shopping like really exactly. fun vacation type stuff yep you're right and and i think this corollary also makes point this makes even more important our the previous point because um and, and when we talked about planning and negotiating up front mm -hmm. because if you can do that then your spouse or partner can plan for what to do while you're fishing yep. so the more planning you do up front and budgeting time for fly fishing and mm -hmm. here's the other thing and we didn't put this down but i think you always you, you say th to yourself three hours but you tell your wife five hours or your spouse five hours yeah because you i never come back no, on time do you I ever don't. come back on no time? that's why my wife talks about fishing time versus Real time, yeah. So maybe that's another tactic, like, you know, in your head and on the on the on the plan, it's actually for five hours. In your head, you're mm -hmm. saying it's only going to be three. Yeah. Because then nobody's mad at you. Mm -hmm. You come back early, and you're the hero. 
Yes, exactly. That's that's right. Okay. So what else? Uh, you've uh, you've kind of negotiated uh, how long you're going to fish, and you've you've gone to this wonderful tourist town where there's a lot of activities for your family. Uh, what else? Another I think is to pick a block of time and make the most of it. And yeah. this is we've said some of this up to this mm -hmm. point, but really chunks of time. Right. For example, if I'm going to the Minnesota Driftless area in Preston or Rochester area and it's the summertime, I'm going to say, hey, Jana, would you give me from 6 to 10 p.m. until dark? Because I want to fish the yeah. evening rise. I want to fish hoppers. And I probably won't be fishing hoppers. I'll be fishing probably, a, you know, whatever the attractor yeah. patterns are. But we had parachute such, the parachute atoms, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'll be dry fly fishing. But those are chunks of time. So I think... If, if it's summertime, I want to be fishing the evening rise, so I'm just going to budget up time, budget time up front to say, listen, from 6 to 10 p.m. on this night, I'm not going to be home. I'm not going to be wherever we're at, the hotel, the camp, mm -hmm. the, the uh, trailer, whatever, the campground, whatever. I'm going to be fly fishing. So I think getting chunks of time. Yeah. You know, as I've said earlier, my biggest sin through the year is not being back when I promise. Oh, so, yeah. I've... I've done that too. My my wife Priscilla would say that's my the that's my biggest fault. The corollary yeah. to that is here's the other thing I've learned about fly fishing on vacation. I've never been really successful fly fishing on vacation. Remember when yeah. I was when we went out mm -hmm. and fished Highlight Reservoir back in two thousand four? Yeah. I don't think we caught a fish. That wasn't a good day. The reservoir was too high. Yeah, uh, we were floating. We took float uh, tubes float out. Tubes yeah. out. Yeah, stripping back woolly buggers. Didn't catch a single thing. No. So I do think you have to scale back your expectations about yeah, fish as well. <laughs> that's true. Now here's another possibility. This is not going to work for every family, but uh, think about get your getting your family involved in fly fishing. Again, there's all kinds of variables. Obviously, it's not going to work if you're traveling with uh, really uh, young kids, and probably your spouse is going to bear the brunt of your fly fishing. But sometimes you can get some or all of your family involved. Uh, you know, I made it clear from day one if, if like my wife Priscilla or our daughters wanted to fish, and they all fished when they were younger, but my girls really weren't interested in fly fishing, and that was fine. If, if they would have been, uh, I would have gotten them more involved. Uh, interestingly, they they have been a little bit more interested in, in recent years, not that they're adults and they're married and, and they've gotten out a little bit with their husbands, but uh, you know, the point is the whole family would like to do it. Well, great, give it a try. Uh, sometimes it might be two of your kids would like to fly fish, the others won't, and so maybe half the family can go do an activity and the other half uh, doesn't, but uh, at least consider, at least ask you know, to see if if any other family members would like to, to get involved. Yeah. I have a daughter who is turning 10 in a month and she's nine turning 10 and I want to get her a tenkata rod and for her to start fly fishing. And so if we went on a vacation right now, I would get that all set up just so I could get her out. My older yeah. three are gone. So it's just Jana, my wife and, and little Jay. So I do think there are moments and seasons when you can do mm -hmm. this with your family. Yeah. And there are times when you simply can't. So, hey, for uh, n listeners who are new to fly fishing, Dave, I don't think we've talked about Tenkara. How you say it? I don't know. Fishing? You know I listened to a Tenkara yeah. episode ah, yes. the other that day. Sounds, for sounds the, better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you say but it. Just explain what that well, is. Well, it's a quickly. Japanese style of fly fishing mm -hmm. in which you have a rod and you have line and a fly. You don't have a reel. So it's a very yeah. 
I mean, it's a longer rod. It's a right, longer yeah. rod, and and so it's it's you're doing smaller streams for the most part. Mm -hmm. I don't think always, yeah. but you know, there's just limits since you don't yep. have a reel, you don't have a lot of line. But I think yeah. it's about it's really about simplicity, and the whole. Uh, mindset of Tinkara, I'm going to call it Tinkara because I, I screwed up yeah. last time. But I think the whole mindset of Tinkara is 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 more simple and being more one with yeah. nature and being more connected to the environment. And and so you don't have the real, you don't have lots of line. It's less technical. So I think it's a great way uh, to get your younger children to start fly fishing. You just have only one expensive rod between you yes, and, exactly. and, and being one with exactly. nature. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's really just an expensive version of what my brothers and I used to do when we were kids. We would take, uh, of course, we didn't do it with flies. We probably could have, but we did it with, uh, we, we would just put hooks in, in, in a little compartment in our pockets and a little spool of monofilament. And, and we, we'd take that with us, and sometimes we would, tie that under the end of a willow branch that we cut off and and you know find a worm or a grasshopper or something and i remember catching brook trout oh, that way oh absolutely yeah there's nothing actually like the thrill of doing something like i that know catching a, a fish i know we were at a church camp one time up at the ymca of the rockies in estes park and my brother and i were in high school and there was one speaker that was good but the rest of it was kind of boring so that's what we did we snuck down out of the sessions during the day and we we took the uh, yeah that little packet of hooks and probably a split shot or two and uh, uh, monofilament. I think it was just 4x monofilament you know <laughs> that we had for our ultralight spinning rods and we'd take that down and we had a blast catching brookies. That's probably the most risky thing you've ever done. <laughs> probably so. Yeah. <laughs> Only rule you've ever broken. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. Being the oldest, the, the rule follower. Yeah, that's true. So. Well, hey, here's, uh, here's another one. Um, I guess you might say to riff off of Nike slogan, just don't do it. <laughs> That's an option as well. I mean, if this sounds like more work than it is, maybe it's best to it say. It is more work than it's worth sometimes. It is. I mean, th this is kind of what we do now. We just save a few days of vacation for ourselves to fly fish with each other, and we can fly fish until our heart's content. <laughs> and or until it's time to eat. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. But yeah. I, one thing that you've done well is when you've taken family out to Montana, like you'll do a week out there like at a camp, and yeah. then we actually mm -hmm. tie on a fly fishing trip, yeah. so you're already out right. there. Mm -hmm. Right, so let's say that your family leaves on Sunday morning mm -hmm. and Sunday afternoon I fly in, and then we fish for a week, another week. I mean, if you can yep. take two weeks, sometimes you can't take right. two weeks. But, I mean, you just have to be creative in, in figuring this out. Yeah. But if you're going to the west or you're going to the east where there's some really great streams, mm -hmm. it is really hard yeah. to go on a family vacation and not yep. think fishing. That's true. Maybe the best thing is just don't do it. Yep. I think as a general rule, after all this, yep. what we've talked about the last few minutes, family vacations and fly fishing do not work. <laughs> I think that's true. Have we come to yeah, that conclusion? <laughs> I know. I was going to say the bottom line is that fly fishing on a family vacation requires flexibility and creativity. But I think you're right. Maybe the, you know, you, you can pick your message. You can go with that. Or maybe, yeah, family vacations and fly fishing do not work. They well, just I would mix. add a corollary to what you just said. Perhaps what is required most is graciousness on the person who isn't fly fishing. Yes. And who yeah. the person who's hanging with the kids and it, it just seems like someone always has to sacrifice while yeah, you're fly fishing. Right. And if you can make it so that's not 
the case, man, more power to you. But yeah. I found that it's been hard. It does require flexibility, creativity, and graciousness on the person who isn't fly fishing. Yeah, I agree. All right, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Recently, I shared my five favorite all-purpose dry fly patterns in a written piece. My five were the Parachute Adams, the Elkhair Caddis, the Light Cahill, the Comparadun, and the Royal Wolf. Now, one of our listeners, David, commented, I think my list is close to yours. I have to say number one is an Adams. Number two is a CDC BWO. Uh, just to uh, interpret that, CDC refers to the tail feathers of a duck, and the BWO is a blue-winged olive. So it's a blue-winged olive pattern that's uh, tied with those tail feathers of a duck. Third was Comparadon. Four was the Royal Coachman. So kind of going a little bit more old school there uh, with the Royal Coachman instead of the Royal Wolf. And number five, a Griffith Gnat. That's a great pattern. And five and a half, yeah, I know, it's hard to li just limit it to five. <laughs> five and a half was the green drake. Uh, Dave, any, any dry flies that, that you would say that aren't on that list that would be your faves? I often use the spruce moth. I like that as yeah, a tractor pattern. Yeah, a great pattern. pattern. And you're right, I like the... The Adams, I like that. What do they call it with the purple haze? Is that a purple yeah, haze? Yeah, the purple haze. Basically an Adams mm -hmm. with, with purple. Yeah, that purple dubbing. Yeah, the purple and dubbing. It, yep. So I, I like that purple haze. I I I think that's it. I mean these are yeah. these really comprise Right. You know the H and L variant we've no, talked about. I do about like that. the H and L variant. That's a lot like a Royal Wolf, but it's it's just more the white and black or white and brown. There's a little bit of black dubbing, I think, doesn't it? The black body. Do you remember we were yeah. fishing recently and you said, Man, I wish I had a black marker? Yeah. Why was that? We were fishing oh, yeah. the H and L variant. Because we were fishing where there were a lot of black caddis and that was working, but I felt like if I could just take a Sharpie and uh, color the the, the white tail feathers uh, on that black, H and L variant. It, it would have looked a little bit more like that, you know, some of those caddis. They were still hit, hitting the H and L. Yeah, they, they were. Actually, it was the first time I saw the H and L used in the Minnesota Driftless. Yeah. I mean, that you and I have used it in the Minnesota Driftless. Yeah, that's so right. That's really a Western fly. Yeah, Certainly it was, is. It was founded out of Colorado, someplace yep. in Western Colorado. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. What are suggestions that you have for fly fishers? who want to get in some fishing time on a summer vacation, or is it even worth it? Uh, please share your thoughts with us by going to uh, twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. How do you fly fish without abandoning and upsetting the rest of the family? And, and don't tell us wonderful stories about how great your partner is or spouse is, <laughs> right? Yeah. We want the nitty-gritty stories right. about when you really made them mad and, yes. and how you had to restore the relationship. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what we need to hear is what do you do to make up for make uh, a fly fishing trip or, you, or a summer vacation where you spend too much time fly fishing. Or the memory of the family is, yeah, Dad had a great vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dad got a lot of fish. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Well, thank you for referring our podcast, which you have done to your TU chapter, fly fishing club, or just even your fly fishing buddy. We would love for you to do that. That's how we've grown, word of mouth and, and referrals. That's how our podcast has grown. We're very grateful for that. Keep sending us ideas for podcasts. You can send that to us via instant messenger or just Steve Dave at twoguysinariver.com. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, we'd love for you to do it. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short. 
catch more fish you can pick that up on amazon you can go to the website and click on a link it'll take you directly to amazon well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing and no family vacations